0: The following message is from Kings Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org.
1: This Wednesday, by the way, um, we're going to be praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we're going to be praying for boldness in mission. So if you've never been to a prayer meeting before, why don't you make it the first time you've come along? Um, come join us Wednesday, 7.30 here, um, and uh, we are praying and expecting for many of us. I want to be filled with the Spirit again, and uh, uh, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit to come along um, for that. Uh, as Hannah said, we're going to continue our um, preach series um, identity. We're going to be looking at the subject of um, am I orphaned or am I adopted. I'm, I'm sort of aware that as I look at this I, I want to tread uh, carefully. Um, I think there's a chance that, that, um, that the message today may stir things up depending on sort of your background and your past. And I just really want to sort of say that I want to give you permission. If you'd rather Listen to the preach in coffee box. Um, do feel free to head out. If at some any point during the preach you think, you know what, I would just like a bit of space, do feel free just to go out, get a bit of fresh air. It's not raining outside. Um, don't don't worry about that. I, I, don't worry about putting me off or anything like that. I'm used to people snoring in my preaches, so it's absolutely fine. Um, but, yeah, just want to sort of warn you before I get into it that that... In a sense, this may this may put this may cause some pain or um, in in just as because of what we are covering. I also want to recommend a book to you, Finding Your Best Identity by Andrew Bunt. We did have some on sale. I don't know if they've all gone, have they all sold? If you would like a copy of that book, um, you won't get one at the information desk because they've all sold. But if you tell us that you'd like a copy, we will order some more to make sure that they are av- available over the next few weeks. It goes really well with this Preach series on identity. It's just so, so very, very helpful. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Um, this is where we are living at the moment as a church. And uh, we will, I will read it out to you. Um, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ In him we were also chosen, having been predestined. That means basically pre-chosen, pre-decided by God. According to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we, who are the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Father, I pray as we look at this glorious, this wonderful salvation. Holy Spirit, would you take... My words, would you take this preparation and I pray that you would apply it into every heart here today? Holy Spirit, would we taste? Would our spirits cry out with you, Holy Spirit? Abba, Father. I pray, Lord God, even even if, like Tony and Val, You've been, you've been here 20 years, and you've read Ephesians 1 hundreds of times. I ask you, Lord God, that it would live afresh. I pray we would, we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. Holy Spirit, we invite you very much into the next 25 minutes. Amen. Verse 5 is where we are going to look. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Just a couple of introductory comments. Firstly, it talks about adoption to sonship. This is not just a message for the guys here. So it's for all of us, men and women, and as we, as we get through the preach, hopefully you'll be able to see this applies to us all. This adoption to sonship is really looking back to adoption within the Roman culture, which was only possible for sons, but this sonship that we're looking here is possible for all of us. So does it apply to us all here? Yes. Excellent. Brilliant. The second thing I just want to draw your attention to, um, three critical words, and I don't want anyone here to miss this. It says this, through Jesus Christ. Adoption, as we are talking about here, is only possible and can only occur because we are in Jesus Christ. An individual must turn to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith, trusting in Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. It is only possible because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The Bible doesn't teach that God is the universal father of all, that all are his children, or or that all are going to heaven. Without the saving work of Christ... You are not a child of God, and you are not adopted into his family. And this is a dreadful place to be. And that is why, church, we must be on the front foot when it comes to mission and talking about Jesus. That's why we must be bold and courageous and compassionate, because we have a hope that is transformative for every single person that puts their trust in Jesus. Now, having covered that, let's move on and look at the text. To start with, we're going to look at orphaned or adopted. And then we're going to get and look at what are these benefits that we get if you are here today and you are adopted if you are part of God's family. As I've already said, when we pause to think about what it means to be orphaned, we must tread carefully. For those that have lost their birth families, this will be incredibly hard and they will often have experienced trauma. It may be through bereavement or because they're in an unsafe situation and needed to be taken away from that situation for their own well-being. For some they will have experienced rejection at the youngest of ages and of the most painful kind. And this, in itself, can lead to a sense of shame or thoughts that I must be unlovable. And although they've done absolutely nothing wrong, sometimes that's a reaction to the pain that they have been through, depending on their story they may learn that the only way they can cope is to depend on themselves sometimes youngsters have been let down so many times by different people that there is just a deep sense of mistrust and they learn family skills no. They learn survival skills, but maybe they don't learn family skills. And if it breaks down in foster care or adoption, and sometimes it does for, for good reasons, but if it does, thoughts of, I must be so unlovable, sense of shame, sense of self-blame, what have I done wrong... A lack of self-worth, or a lack of belonging, can all be sort of dominant feelings on the inside, and and, and possibly they don't even know that necessary that they're there and cannot express it. I was speaking with a, a social worker this week, and they said that adoption breakdown. Adoption breakdown can be the most painful when the meant-to-be-forever family doesn't work out. And what about children that aren't saved out of bad family situations? No one knows. It all just remains hidden away, but they live there. And today I'm talking about adoption. I'm talking about a perfect father. And you may be here thinking, how can I trust what you call a perfect father if he didn't protect me from all of this? It's hard, isn't it? I I wanted to share something of this because I know that there are some here in this room and this this, affects you. Even as I'm saying it, you know there are things from your history and your past and you've walked that. And, and I suppose I, I don't know, I'm hoping even as I express something of this, although it may be painful, I want you to know that we know and we care. But for others, and if you are privileged that you haven't been through anything like this, it's so important that you know. Because society is full of people that have had horrendous upbringings and been let down in so many ways and God's called us to, to love and to reach and to help and we need to at least start to try and understand a little bit what some people have gone through. Lord, I ask you, God of mercy and the Father of all compassion, I pray would you please come close and would we know your peace this morning. Amen. So what does it mean in Ephesians 1 verse 5 when it talks about being adopted? The Apostle Paul is the only writer in the New Testament who talks about adoption in this way. And as I've already shared, it's taken from Roman law. Under Roman law, 2,000 years ago, adoption, under Roman law, adoption secured for the adopted child a right to the name and to the property of the person who adopted them. And the moment they were adopted, they had an absolute legal right to make such a claim. This term, adoption, includes both a sense of relationship and belonging, but also position and authority. And the Bible says that when we are born again, we become children of God. In a moment, in an instant, I am justified by faith. I have peace with God, just as if I have never sinned, but I become a child of God. This term, adoption, is telling us about where we stand and our position and our privilege. So those two senses, let me remind you, let me summarise. Adoption is about belonging, and but adoption is about authority. So if you go away with nothing else, remember this morning, adoption, as described in Ephesians 1 verse 5, is about belonging, and adoption is about authority. And I just want to unpack these two things, I'm going to unpack the first one, and then Ali's going to come and share something with us. So, adoption means belonging. When you become a Christian, you get a good, loving, kind, all powerful, faithful father. You get that. You get a father. In Christ, my relationship to God is changed forever. In a moment, it is transformed. God is still the creator. He is still perfect. He is still all powerful. He is still the judge of the whole world. He is still holy and without sin. And yet, I get to come before him and I get to cry out, Our Father who art in heaven. He is my Father. The way I come is not on the basis of his holiness, not on the basis that he is a judge, not on the basis that he is all-powerful, although he is all of those things. But if you are a Christian here today, he is your father. That is changed forever in a moment. Jesus said that. It is a radical transformation. It's it's ridiculous, really, that I get to call God father. Father. The the confidence, the security that can come from that. Matthew 6, verse 9. Now, I know that there are many, as I've already touched on, who have experienced bad fathers. Those who've used their position and privilege in destructive and abusive ways. And it was wrong. And they shouldn't have done that. There are others who, well... The truth is none of us had perfect fathers. The best fathers are flawed. But God is not like that. God is not like that. He is a good father. Secondly, this adoption is because our father loves us. In fact, adoption is the highest expression of that love. there, There isn't a greater way that God, our Father, could express his love other than adopting us and making us his children, going from slaves and enemies to accepted sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. This, this adoption is loving, therefore it means that our Father is patient. Our Father is kind. He is not selfish. He is not easily angered. He is not unforgiving. He is not abusive or uninterested. You do not worship. You do not come before an un- uninterested Father. His love always protects. His love always hopes for the best. It always keeps on going. It never fails. This adoption will not fail. It will not fail. You are secure. Thirdly, this adoption is secure. We see it in verse 5. He says, you were predestined. Before the foundation of the world for adoption as his son. Quickly, Genesis 1 verse 1. Quickly, if you've got your Bible, turn to Genesis 1 verse 1. It says something along the lines of this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before that, he chose you. Before, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, he knew you, and he pre-deci- He pre-deci- decided that you would be his. He knew you, he picked you out, and he says, I'm going to make you my adopted son. I'm going to bring you in with all of those privileges. We are secure because of the past. We are secure in the present, because it says in Romans eight thirty-eight and 39, for I am convinced... And to be honest, this should be our occupation to be convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are secure in that here and now if you are an adopted child of God. And lastly, we have hope for the future. It says in Romans 8:23 not only so but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies we are secure as adopted children past present future it cannot be undone it cannot be changed it is an adoption that is based out of love. We've joined a family with a father who is loving and patient and kind. Now, I know that so many of you know this, but my prayer's been all week, oh God, would we, would we have power to glimpse it just a little bit more than we have done? And then lastly, um, I've already sort of said it, but we belong. We are members of God's family. In Ephesians 2.19 in in the message um, paraphrase it says this that's plain enough isn't it? you're no longer wandering exiles this kingdom of faith is now your home country you're no longer strangers or outsiders let me say that again if you are a follower of Jesus you're no longer a stranger or an outsider that's not who you are you belong here you belong here. This is your home country. You have, you have as much right to the name of Christian as anyone. God is building a home and he's using all of us. You are part of this home. And, and, and there's meant to be an expression of it, and there is a wonderful expression of it in the here and now. It's not a perfect expression we have many failings, but 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 God wants church family here and now. One of the most common terms he uses of the people of God in the Bible is brothers and sisters. That's what we are. We are designed as a church to be a family where individuals both give and fo- Sorry. where individuals both give and find love, security and belonging in that family. I mean I'm going to pause in a moment. Al, you ready to go in a second? Not to go, come here in it. Yeah. I've had the privilege as a pastor in this church over the last few weeks, where, where there's been quite a lot of illness, and we've been bereaved as a family as well. But to see this family doing what it does best as family is an awesome privilege. Yeah, as pastors, we're involved. But you're involved, comforting those who mourn, visiting those who are sick. This, this is family. This is, this is who we are, and you're meant to be part of a family, and you're meant to express family to one another. Now, I don't know what you're going to say, but go for it, and take as long as you want
0: just going to say right there they are dangerous words to give to me take as long as you want um so last week i was at a conference and someone brought a picture which i'm going to share and um, when paul was talking about what he was going to preach i was like oh i think that picture's relevant um so uh, i'm going to take you to the film lion king just hands up if you've seen lion king at some point yeah yeah a lot of you so there's a scene in lion king when simba the cub um Goes somewhere he has been told not to go. He goes into the elephant graveyards, and he's been told not to go there because it's dangerous. And sure enough, he is. Um, uh, hyenas turn up and they corner him, and he is um, backed up, and frightened. And he roars, and it's pitiful. It's like a little, like a little meow. Um, and the hyenas start laughing and goading him and saying, "Is that all you have?" Um, And he kind of goes again, and it's a bit pathetic. Um, And then he goes again. But what happens is this mighty roar comes over the top. And it's the proper roar of a proper lion. And it is powerful, and it is effective, because the hyenas scatter. And it's the roar of the father. It's the roar of the Father. And um, when Paul was talking about about what he was going to be talking about this morning, I had such a sense that God the Father wanted to roar over his church. And I, I know that some of this stuff takes a while to work out. My own testimony would be that knowing that I'm adopted, knowing that my absolute identity is in a child of God, wasn't an instant moment. It was worked out over years and it was worked out within the context of the local church this is God's plan a this is where we love God love each other and love the lost and we we come in in all different stages and that's okay And we work it out, and we work it out together, and we work it out by encouragement and truth and walking stuff through together. But sometimes on our journeys, like railway tracks, we get bits blocked to get a bit of a blockage. And I I do believe that God just wants to roar and remove some blockages this morning. Hug, can you do that slide? Thanks, love. This is the roar. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. Have you accepted Jesus? Do you belong to him? Are you a lover and follower of Jesus? Yes? Yeah, this is it. He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's your identity. It speaks louder than anything else. It speaks... Some, some people, you've been, you were conceived from violence. Some people conceived from promiscuity. Some people have been loved and planned and longed for. All of us. All of us have been loved and longed for. Because this raw is louder than everything else. This roar, as Paul said, was before the beginning. Before the beginning, planned, predestined by God, is this roar. And it goes, it's prophesied through the Old Testament for 2,000 years, and it's done on the cross. When the line of Judas says, it is finished, because he's dealt with it. He's dealt with whatever else our identity would be, because now we are children of God. It's our absolute identity. And it's nothing to do with us. That's the most, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you feel like you earned it or not, because you haven't. None of us have. We couldn't possibly. It is a gift, but God does want us to get hold of it. He does want it to be our absolute foundation. We are his. We belong to him, because it then flows out, doesn't it? It flows out, because that's, That's the body of Christ, isn't it? We we are a family, we are a body, we're an army. We love God, we love each other, and we love the lost. And we have the most amazing news for anyone who feels rejected and broken and separated without any sense of belonging. We can say, you are invited. You can come in to the Father who loves you, the Father who sings over you, the Father who delights in you and is drawing you near. What a God. Um, I think the bands are going to come back up, and then we're going we're to worship Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to work this stuff in. If you've got a bit of a blockage, he wants to work this in. He wants to just meet with us. Okay. Can I ask you all just to stand? Is that all right? All right. Father God, thank you that you are our Father. Thank you that you seal us with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that it's you within us that cries, Abba, Father. Thank you for the access we have. To the Most High God. You, God, who sustain everything. And we get direct access to come into your presence and cry, Abba, Father. Thank you that you see us and hear us and you draw near to us. Thank you like that picture of the lion and Mufasa. He wasn't roaring from a distance. He came near. He came in to the situation. Thank you, God, you've done that through the cross. You've come near and made a way. Holy Spirit, I pray, would you come and work this into us? Work it in deeper. Work it in God that we stand secure. Bold. Yeah, Yeah, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. Come and have your way in us. Come and glorify Jesus. Amen.